Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. For all of you listening with kids right now, you may just want to take a pause. Most of our episodes are pretty family-friendly, but in this one, there's some strong language, and we talk very openly about sex and sexual acts. I got lost trying to get to Mick Blue and Annika Albright's house. In 50 feet, make a U-turn. I'd promised I'd bring bagels, but I couldn't find a bagel place, and I couldn't figure out where to get off the freeway. At this point, I was running so late, but I finally made it there. You have arrived at your destination. Mick and Annika live in a sweet blue and white ranch house in a well-manicured subdivision about an hour north of Los Angeles. There's an orange tree in their front yard, and neighbor kids are playing in the street. I could hear a rooster crow as I got out of the car, and I thought to myself, wow, everyone really is raising chickens these days. It was Mick who let me in and showed me around the house. He told me that was their rooster that I heard. He and Annika hand-raise baby chicks in their spare bedroom to add to their roost. The walls are lined with adorable pictures of the two of them. Are you wearing lederhosen in that one, Mick? Oh, yes. Uh, That was uh, the 60th birthday party for my mother. As you can tell from the accent, Mick is Austrian. Someone in the house is reading the Walter Isaacson biography of Leonardo da Vinci. It's sitting on the counter underneath a book called Small Plot Gardening. The couch is covered in patchwork pillows. There's a big glass cabinet in their living room filled with awards. These gold statues that look a little bit like the Academy Awards. They're beautiful statues. Yeah, they're, they're so much prettier than the Oscars. They're actually um, made from the same company that makes the Oscars. Mick opened the cabinet and handed one of the awards to me. The award is different from an Oscar statue because it has two people on it instead of one. They're naked and embracing. These awards are for the AVNs. They're film awards presented in the adult video industry. Dream come true. This is crazy. We did it together. This is history in the making right now. <laughs> yeah. This is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, AVN. Um, I just want to say thank you so much to my husband, Mick Blue. 
he has been an inspiration to me and has been the best encouragement I could have had all these years. And, um, I Mick and Annika have been married for four years. They're happy and in love. They raise chickens by hand and have patchwork pillows. They eventually want to start a family. And yes, they're porn stars. I'm Joe Piazza. This is Committed. This is Annika Albright. And Mick Blue. Annika is very all-American pretty with long, fine, blonde hair. No makeup and a flowy peasant dress. The kind you might wear to a summer brunch or Coachella. Mick has these electric blue eyes and the sturdy build of a middleweight boxer. He's just the right amount of tan, and even with his clothes on, you can tell he's pretty buff. The first time Mick and Annika saw each other was on a plane in 2011. It was brand new, and Mick could see that right away. (laughs) Annika came in, and I was like, you know what, I don't know her, but I'm 100% sure that she's in the industry because she was wearing red pumps. Yeah, like red velvet pumps. (laughs) Blue jeans. A t-shirt with a leather jacket and platinum blonde hair. Trying to dress to impress. Once the girls are long in the industry, they don't dress to impress anymore. No, you know, we travel in pajamas like, and Uggs <laughs> and have our hair up in buns. Like It's way more comfortable that way. <laughs> Mick literally saw Annika on her way to one of her very first gigs in the adult entertainment industry. But let's back up for a second. I've always wondered how people end up working in porn. Annika had been pursuing a degree in cell molecular biology in college. Her plan was to go into biotechnology and research, but after she did a few internships in labs, she realized it wasn't the best fit for her personality. It was very closed off, and I had to be very androgynous to my coworkers because I didn't want them to see me as a sexual object. And it sucked because, you know, I'm such a free spirit, and I felt like I had to shut off so much of who I am to work in this lab. She ended up changing to a double major in business and nursing. She liked the hands-on approach of caring for people and the fact that as a nurse, she could probably live anywhere in the world. One of her big dreams was to go traveling. I didn't have the money to go to nursing school, and I'd had all the prereqs. And I'd just also gotten out of a relationship with a long-term toxic boyfriend, and I needed something different. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do porn. Whoa. So she just says it so nonchalantly, like, I'm just going to get into porn. That's our producer, Ramsey, interrupting me when we were editing this interview. So I've been reporting and writing this story for about six months now. And during that time, I've thought a lot about porn and the adult industry. Porn is the one thing that progressive feminists and conservative men can both agree to hate. See, the porn industry is fraudulent. They offer a false sense of security to very young girls You know, it leads to prostitution, leads to human trafficking, leads to ruining marriages, and right on down. 
a lot of people watch pornography and very few people admit to it. There's a stigma and a taboo, and yet we're also a country that loves to put the word porn star in a headline. Finding out again that Trump might have slept with a porn star is shocking. Stormy Daniels, the porn star. A porn star. The porn star. Donald Trump and his personal legal team. I even have biases when it comes to porn. But I've been trying to push those aside for this story. And I want you to try to do the same. Take a quick second. What do you think about when you hear porn or porn star? Now tuck it away and revisit it in about 25 minutes. Back to Annika saying so nonchalantly that she was going to get into porn. She was the kind of girl who was always very open-minded about sex. She liked porn. The truth is that a lot of women do. There are studies that say that one in three women watches porn once a week. But no one talks about it. Annika actually talks about it, and there's something refreshing about that. I thought I was so sexually advanced before I got into porn. Then I realized I knew nothing. Then you're like, I'm an amateur, (laughs) literally. And so I was like, you know, it'd be fun to do porn. I can have sex in a safe environment, make good money, save enough for a year, and then go to nursing school in the Caribbean. That That was my path. And I was like, I can get it out of the stupid town. What town were you living in? I lived in Ventura. Everyone she went to high school with was still living there. They still had the same jobs, did all the same tired things. It was like this black hole and I just needed to get out and get away from everything. So she moved to LA and found her way in the industry. She continued school for one more semester, but then she had an opportunity to go to New Zealand for a month for work. For a woman who wanted to see the world and travel, this felt like a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I took a break from school, and then I had another opportunity to travel to Canada and then to Japan. And, you know, then I went to Thailand just because I had saved enough money. I realized, you know, I don't really need to go back to school right now. I'm just going to enjoy life. In the beginning, she was nervous, maybe even a little ashamed. There's a stigma against doing porn. There just is. It exists, and Annika knew that going into this. At first, I wanted to wear a wig and, like, I didn't want people to recognize me. But she made the command decision early on to own it. This was a job, and she was really good at it. She was proud of that. That's the thing. It's like, when you do a scene, just one scene, it will be out there forever. And I realized, you know, people like me. Obviously, I'm doing something right. I'm just going to go with it and learn a lot of things and meet a lot of cool people on the way. What did your family think? My mom kind of figured it out on her own. I never told her there was sex involved, but, you know, I was like, oh, man, look at the picture of this location I worked at today. It was so, so glamorous. And and my mom was like, you're not doing porn, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and that was like, well, actually, mom. My mom, she is just such, she is such a free spirit, such a sexual human being. And I definitely know where I got it from. I know that she was concerned. You think of the porn industry, you think it's like dirty and Mm -hmm. full of pimps and, you know, people, you know, there's no way anybody would want to join the industry willingly. They obviously are sex trafficked or, you know, somehow forced to go in because they've been abused in the past. To be honest, all the people that I know in the industry got in because they wanted to get in, because they wanted to be in charge of their own lives, run their own business, and make their money and and be able to have freedom, you know, to do what they want. 
And it's such an incredibly liberating industry to work in. And when my mom realized that and that it was indeed very safe, she was like, hey, you know, I'm proud of you. <laughs> when we won our awards together, she would, we would come back home and she'd have these little like, cards like, congratulations. When I first walked into your house, I noticed a graduation picture of you in the foyer. Did you ever end up going back to school? I did. I actually just graduated. Now, Mick's path to the industry was a little bit different. He also knew that he wanted to get into porn, but he had no idea how. When he was 18 years old, there was no Google. Back then in 1998, 1999, we didn't have the internet. It was more like you go, you go to the VHS rental store, um, <laughs> watch the porn DVD, and then you write them letters. Wow, that <laughs> is so old school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what I did. Of course, you know, it's like nothing came back because they all said like, well, if you want to work in the industry, um, you should film yourself having sex with another girl and send it to us after. And if I would have a girl <laughs> that, I, that I could have sex with in the first place, probably I wouldn't fancy in, in, in being a porn actor. He answered ads in newspapers for shoots that he had to pay to be a part of. Then he ended up winning this competition put on by an Austrian magazine that was literally based on male stamina in the bedroom. After that, Mick started to get noticed by bigger production companies. And in 2005, he signed his first exclusive deal. He won his first porn award for Best European Male Performer in 2007. And then he saw Annika on the plane. That was it. He just saw her. They met again a few months later on the set of a movie. So we finally ended up having sex with each other. <laughs> for uh, work. For work, for work yes. Yeah. Because we were both in a relationship. So I, I kept it quite professional. It was an amazing sex. And right after we were done, I had to leave fast because I had another shoot that day. Uh, which Annika didn't like so much. Mick just, you know, packed his stuff up and was like, thanks for the scene, bye. And <laughs> he was very professional. He's he just was like, bye. so professional, yeah. And I was like, wait, like, was that was I not good? Like, I felt a little bit, like, beaten. Like, oh, man, maybe he wasn't into me. <laughs> well, and that, that's something that I've always been curious about. So, you know, when you're working, and this is your job, yeah. Are you are you enjoying it? Are are you enjoying the sex? Absolutely. Um, you know, some people more than others, and you know, it is a job. Just like anybody has a good day at work or a bad day at work, we all have our good days, and we all have our not so good days. And you know, that particular day was a really good day for me. <laughs> oh, it was an amazing day. So, Mick, why why did you rush off? First of all, I rushed off because I had a different shoot. But I'm sometimes a little bit uh, socially awkward, especially towards women, because sometimes it's terrifying. I do have to pause for a second here. Mick at this point is a really successful porn star. He's clearly comfortable with himself and his body and his performance, and yet he's still really socially awkward around a girl that he likes. There's something adorable about that. So Mick dashes off, but not long after that, Annika ends up in a shoot at his house that Mick was directing. His girlfriend at the time was there, and, and it was really cool because after we did the scene, he wanted to make sure that I said goodbye to his girlfriend. Like, 
you know, like what kind of guy does that? (laughs) And so I just remember thinking like, wow, this guy's really special. I hope she knows what she has. And uh, sure enough, you know, she, she didn't. A few months later, they ran into one another at the AVN Awards. It's a very glamorous four-day convention that ends with the big awards ceremony, which is broadcast on Showtime. Mick turned around and he was like, oh, hey, Annika. And before he had even finished saying my name, we were making out. (laughs) And I was like, whoa, like, hey, like, I didn't know your girlfriend was okay with with you. Are you guys open? He's like, no, I've been single since three months now. And I was like, well, I'm on my lunch break. Let's get some lunch. (laughs) We never got lunch. No. It was purely magnetic, you know? Once the chains were off and he was single, it was go time. And it was just, it was amazing. And we've been inseparable ever since. Remember that Mick can be a little socially awkward. The AVNs were in January, and he actually asked Annika if she wanted to be his girlfriend in February, right around Valentine's Day. She said, I don't know if I want to be your girlfriend. No, I didn't say that. I said... (laughs) I said, let me think about it. (laughs) Well, it means the same thing. (laughs) Annika had been seeing her high school boyfriend on and off. She knew if she was going to commit to Mick, she needed to shut all the other doors, all the other possibilities. I had never done this before, and it was scary as hell, but I wanted to do it the right way because Mick was very special. It was the night of Valentine's Day. It's an anniversary that you can easily remember. And then... Two days after Valentine's Day, I told Annika the first time that I love her. In March, they took a trip together to Australia to visit Annika's dad, do a little traveling, and go to a convention in Sydney called Sexpo. After the convention, they went up north to this hidden waterfall in the rainforest. They went hiking, and it started to rain. And I had a towel that I covered um, Annika's and my face. So we were basically standing under the towel. We are in the rainforest, it's raining next to a waterfall, holding each other. So I decided to ask her if she wanted to become a wife. Yeah, he, uh, it was really sweet because he wasn't planning it at all. He looked at me and he's like, is this a romantic moment? <laughs> Do you think this is really romantic? I said, I think this is very romantic. And he said, will you be my wife? <laughs> <laughs> I just, want, I just want to go back to Mick saying, I'm a little socially awkward. <laughs> yeah, he is. But before they could get married, Mick had to reveal something to Annika. We'll find out more about that after a quick break. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter, Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. 
Annika said yes when Mick proposed in the rainforest. A few days later, they were in the car together, and Mick mentioned something to Annika. Something about a list. After his last bad breakup, Mick had crafted 25 points that he wanted in the perfect partner. Some of those 25 points were, for example, she has to speak some kind of German because I want to visit my family in Austria and if she cannot communicate with them, it's super boring for her. Then uh, the woman has to do scuba diving because I do scuba diving since 2004 and if you go on vacation and I go scuba diving, then she's going to be bored on the beach. And then also the woman of my dreams has to get down the slopes somehow in the wintertime because I do skiing since I'm four or five years old and I want to go skiing. Magically, Annika complied with all those points and she gave me no other choice than to ask her to marry me. And then Annika surprises Mick. And you know what Annika said? She said like, hold on a second. Six years ago, I posted a list on my Facebook profile where I did the same thing. And I was like, holy crap, you know? <laughs> it's like, it's like I'm, hopefully she never finds this list, you know? And, and, you know, like I'm driving, you know, like the sweat tearing down my forehead and stuff like that, you know? And then 20 minutes later, she's like, got it, I found it. Can you imagine she had written down about 76 points. <laughs> I was thinking, now I'm even more screwed because there is no way in the world that I'm going to pass all 76 points. And by the time we're at point number 30, in her mind, she knows already that I'm not the perfect person for her life. We're never going to get married. The whole engagement was, was a mistake, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just driving and like, like thinking already about the bad outcome. I had made this list with my girlfriends one night. We had bought a, a margarita pitcher. These points were pretty like crazy. Like they had to be adventurous, well off, goal oriented, you know, just all these qualities you wouldn't find all of them in one person. And somehow, I, I don't know how, but Mick met every single point. They went and picked out an engagement ring together. It's a form of practicing making decisions together as a couple. If you're going to get married, you're going to have to make a lot of decisions together. And buying a wedding ring and an engagement ring is definitely one of those big decisions. We got married on a grassy cliff overlooking the ocean in Rancho Palos Verdes. It was just perfect. It was so, it was just like a fairy tale. It was amazing. Their reception was in Simi Valley, which on a Friday with traffic is about two hours from Rancho's Palos Verdes. Our poor guests. Well. I mean, we had, we didn't have a problem because we were in the back of a limo, you know, having our own party, but <laughs> I felt bad for our guests. And we consummated our marriage on the way to the reception. It's genius. And it was, it was amazing. We had the first two hours just for ourselves, you know, it's like away from all the stress, you know, away from all the people, you know, like really just like soaking the moment in, you know, it's like you're, you're married, you're going to spend the rest of your life together. That was March 2014. All these dates that you're hearing, the day Annika agreed to be Mick's girlfriend and he told her he loved her, 
the day he proposed under a towel in the rainforest, the day they got married. They're very important to the two of them. In fact, they're all written on a piece of paper framed in their kitchen. 2-16-13, he stole her heart. 3-24-13, she said yes. 3-14-14, they said I do. It's really, did, did you guys get that on Etsy? Yes. Yeah, yeah she, my wife is an Etsy I'm addict. An et- I'm an Etsy <laughs> addict. Let's take a quick break. When we get back, we'll find out how Mick and Annika have navigated being married and staying in the porn industry. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. After their fairy tale wedding on a cliff overlooking the Pacific Ocean, Mick and Annika went back to their real lives in the adult entertainment industry. That's when Annika's career really began to take off. We won Male Performer and Female Performer of the Year together um, the first time Mick won it. And it was the first time in history that any couple has done that. It's like at the Academy Awards or the Golden Globes, if a married couple were to win Best Male Actor and Best Female Actor. That's never happened. It was just so powerful for people to see that, like, wow, you know, performers in the industry can have a relationship and can be very successful. Till then, um, it was in the industry of a husband and wife. Don't shoot them together because they're just going to start fighting on set and the scenes Mm -hmm. are never good and all that kind of stuff. And with us stepping up there, supporting each other in the industry, it opened the gates for many, many other couples Mm -hmm. in the industry to... To feel comfortable. To feel comfortable to to officially be together. Because yeah. a lot of, lot of couples, they, they, they were together, but they were like afraid, you know, to, to like, ah, oh, you know, it's fans. like the, mm-hmm. that they would yeah. lose fans or they, they would lose work and stuff like that. So it was a little bit hush-hush. A lot of relationships start in the porn industry, but they don't always get serious. And if they do, they usually don't last. Mick and Annika have really defied those odds by getting married, but also by crafting this really happy and emotionally evolved relationship. You know, uh, we're very we're very lucky. We don't have jealousy. I want Mick to go to work and enjoy himself and do the best scene so he can have a great day and vice versa. So for us, I mean, the only thing we ask of each other is, you know, don't have sex with the person off camera, which is, I think, very fair because it, it just shows respect for each other when you do that. Their relationship is work, and their work is work. 
Annika said they make sure to represent themselves as a couple in the industry. They're very clear with other performers about their rules and about how much they respect one another and respect what they do. It's communication that makes their marriage possible. Really serious communication. Talking about hard things. Talking openly about sex and jealousy. Those are things that longtime married couples have a hard time talking about. We both had experiences in our life where relationships didn't work out. And so we just tried to do it better. Speaking about our industry, you need to find a baseline where you're comfortable with and where you are respective to each other. And that's, that's what we did. But have there ever been any issues? One time I came home from set and I had bruises and bite marks all up and down my arm from one particular performer who was very well known for doing that to girls. And Mick, you know, like he was like, ah, I don't really want to see, like, you know, because it stays for days. So, you know, he did talk to the performer and, and he was like, hey, you know, could you just, I know you like working with my wife and that's cool. And I, you know, I want you guys to have a good scene, but can you just tone it down a little bit, please? <laughs> and and the, the other performer was like, yeah, that's cool. Totally fine. It's all about communication with not just each other, but with other performers too. So everybody's on the same page. And, and I think it's, it's, we've been very fortunate. We should take a minute to talk a little bit about the mainstream porn industry in the United States and what it's like on a set. Most of us have no idea. The one thing I do know is that performers are tested for disease on a regular basis. And what's a shoot like? Do you feel like you're going to work in the morning, just like any other person who's stopping at Starbucks and listening to the radio and driving to their desk job? An average porn set is very professional. As a female performer, you're going to show up before most of the other people because you have to sit in the makeup chair, get your makeup done, have your wardrobe selected. And then the director goes over the scene with the, with the performers. The performers take a look at their tests to make sure that they're clean. If everything checks out, then they do the scene. And it could take longer depending on if there's dialogue. It's never been negative. It's, it's always a very professional, positive experience. Mm-hmm. And I think people need to know that, that we are a professional industry and we, we're legal and we're professional and we should be taken seriously because mm-hmm. we carry ourselves seriously as well. And so do you guys do a lot of work together? Yes. <laughs> yes. And do you think that that's some of your best work? Absolutely. Um, you know, Mick is my favorite performer to work with because we do know everything about each other and, and, you know, our buttons. And we have great chemistry. So it's, I think it's natural that our scenes with each other are going to be our best scenes. And it also shows, coming back to their words, it shows that other people see it the same way because many, many of our awards from, for example, the porn Oscars or other institutions were actually for scenes or movies that we have done together. Mm-hmm. Do you guys watch each other's scenes? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> and what's, I, what's that like? I find, it, I find it very hot. I love watching my husband work. I think it's so cool to see everything, just like the, the film part of it and just the sexual part of it. It's still very exciting to me. When I'm watching porn online, I'm watching my husband. <laughs> That's a really interesting way of thinking about it. A lot of people watch porn, but for a lot of couples out there, watching porn has nothing to do with their spouse. It's something they do alone. For Annika, it's her husband. 
Absolutely. And I find him incredibly sexy. And I just, I don't care if it's with another girl. Like, I'm not, he's, he's not mine. I don't own him in that aspect. I was talking to my producer, Ramsey, the other day about this interview. And he said something to me that stuck in my head. It must be so hard for them because they're having sex with other people. And I thought about that and began to wonder whether it was actually easier. Because you're exploring your sexuality and living out your fantasies for work, with permission and rules and boundaries. And that's something most people don't get to do. And I think because we've had sex with so many people and, you know, we've explored so many things with our sexuality, it it makes us appreciate each other more. Once I got into the industry, I realized how important it is to have that person that you can go home to and just be with them and have that companionship. It's a different situation for us because sex with other people is our job. And that's something a lot of people get mixed up. I got really hateful comments on social media sometimes, like, how could you kiss him with those lips after, you know, sucking a hundred dicks? You know, it's like stuff that just wow. people don't understand. Who cares about that? Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and like, you know, I would never let my wife have sex with all those other people. And it's so funny because it's always directed at me. Like, Mick also does the same thing, but it's always, it's always me that gets the hate comments. Annika is very matter-of-fact when she tells me more of the terrible things people have said to her. But I can tell it still hurts. How could it not? Mick and Annika know they can't keep doing porn for the rest of their lives. Right now, he's 41 and she's 29. They want to have a family soon. Imagine having to deal with those nasty comments once you've had a child. With having them hear those kinds of things. Growing their family means that something will eventually have to change. Mick and Annika are being smart about planning for their future. They've started their own production company and they've been working on various adult toys. They also told me about possibly moving to Spain. Maybe Mallorca. Attitudes in Europe are a little less puritanical about people who have worked in the sex industry. You're True. celebrated in Spain. It would be really cool to, to go to the university somewhere in Europe and, and complete my master's out there. We definitely want to have family. We're, we're all about family. We Obviously, we have a lot of animals. and <laughs> <laughs> uh, We just want to increase our family and have children to raise. And I think it would be really special to, to have kids. That was one of the reasons Annika wanted to finish her degree. To find a job where she wouldn't be judged once she was a mother. That's definitely going to be a challenge because of what we've done and, or what we do. We will be judged for it. And hopefully when that time comes, people will be more open-minded. But, you know, if that's not the case, then, you know, we need to have some kind of backup where we can still make the money and not have to worry about how other people's views are going to affect us. And neither of you are ever going to say, you know, I think I need to sow my wild oats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, I mean, definitely we enjoy what we do and I can, you know, want to continue doing what we're doing for, you know, until we can no longer do it or feel like, you know, it's just not right for us anymore.
Going into this episode, I really didn't know what to expect. I was excited to hear about what it's like to be a married porn star, but I didn't know we'd end up talking about respect and communication, or that Mick and Annika would seem more normal than most so-called normal people in my life. No matter what anyone thinks about what they do for work, they're happy, they love each other, they're committed. This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza. Special thanks to Mick Blue and Annika Albright. It was produced and edited by Ramsey Yunt, with additional editing by Tyler Klang and mixing by Tristan McNeil. The executive producers are Joe Piazza, Rangesh Hattikater, and Will Pearson. Theme song and original music by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, send an email to joe at committedpodcast.com. That's J-O at committedpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at committedpod. Committed with Joe Piazza has been production of the How Stuff Works family, produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. You can grab a copy of Joe's book, How to Be Married, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.